Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Mark. Mm -hmm. I've been saying for years that Ping help you play your best because that is exactly what they've done for me throughout my entire career. And now... I've been having a look at the new Blueprint S and T irons, and boy, they are impressive. So much so that I've got the new Blueprint S irons in my bag at the moment. So what do you like about them so much? I mean, I've never seen you this excited about a golf club. Well, I could go through the specs, which are exceptional, but I won't. I will say, though, that if you're looking for more ball speed and if you want to lower your scores... If you want to mix and match and still look great, you should check them out because the new Blueprint S and T irons, they are definitely worth a look. Nice. Just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a ping club fitting. The US Masters. It's one of the world's great tournaments. And today, Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen look at the Masters in a bonus episode of Talk Birdie to Me. But enough from me. Let's go to the legendary Jim Nance to get the show underway. Hello, friends. Welcome to Butler Cabin. And this tradition, unlike any other, the Masters on CBS. You know how I feel about it, and you do too. This is Christmas for me. And hello, friends. Jim Nance, along with Sir Nick Faldo, and welcome to this tradition unlike any other. Hello, friends. Jim Nance, along with Sir Nick Faldo. And this is the room where the green jacket will be presented yeah, there you go, right there, six feet apart. <laughs> Hello, friends, and uh, welcome to this tradition unlike any other. The Masters on CBS. So as you can hear, it's Masters Week 2023. Welcome to Talk Birdie to me. Nick, you are here and set to go. Mm. I'm excited. I'm well, excited for a few other reasons, though. Just that iconic voice, though, from Jim Nance. You just know it's coming. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Um, so much to talk about. One of the things I want to talk about is Nick Faldo's idea for slowing the ball down. It's the best thing I've heard. I haven't heard this. I'm keen to... Yeah. Okay. It's the best thing that I've heard. Really? And I don't think anybody could fix it. Okay. And I think it would work. A significant reduction in distance off the tee. I'll get to that soon. Okay. I want to know when that came out because I haven't even read about it. Yeah. Well, if you're addicted to the Masters <laughs> uh, like okay. I am, I'm watch- I reckon I've watched every minute. You know, I've been working from home and I can see it all just happening in front of me. It's amazing. Anyway, I'll get to the Nick Feldo distance idea, which is a beauty soon. I want to talk you through what the chairman, Fred Ridley, uh, the chairman of the Masters, chairman of Augusta National, has told the press that are attending Augusta this week. He has told every one of them. You can talk about live versus PGA Tour day one. Mm-hmm. Day two, if it creeps in, we don't mind. But as soon as Wednesday comes, no more live versus PGA Tour because we want people to focus on the golf and the masters. That's it. It all makes sense to me. Absolutely. Well, the thing is with the... The chairman, as, yep. he, as he's called, or the Riddler, is yep. the other name for Mr. Ridley. Uh, if you happen to talk about it after day two, what you're saying, yep. guess what? You're not going to get your uh, media credentials yep. the following year. So yep. everyone knows, and, and I like it. I mean, yep. it's focused on the golf, and that's what 
the men at the Masters are all about. So I want to ask you this question. Mm. And just as kind of coming in the background of this, Greg Norman didn't get an invitation to the Masters. Normally he does in some way, in some as, form or another. As a past major champion, yeah. generally you, you all get uh, yeah. an, an invite. I mean, I've seen Wayne Grady there over the years. Yep. Uh, Michael Campbell's there again yep. this year because he won the US Open. But yes, I, I heard the comments that they didn't invite him because no. we wanted to focus on the golf and him being here would take the attention off it. And there are two reasons to invite Greg Norman because they invite all the CEOs of all the other tours right around the world. Now, he's a CEO of a tour, so there's mm. two credentials that he passed to get an invite and he didn't. Mm. But at the start of the week, you and I both raised eyebrows where there was a, a suggestion that if a live player won the Masters this year, that the other 17 live players would be celebrating as one well, in in a in a in a victory for live golf. Well, apparently Cameron Smith didn't get the memo on that because he didn't know anything about it until right. it was brought up. Okay, well, some of the other live players have said okay. I, I've I've seen them, so maybe Cameron didn't get the memo. <laughs> I want to ask you this: knowing you know past chairmans like Hootie Johnson and the Riddler and and, and others, Billy Payne, Billy Payne. They don't like being crossed. If if they say something, that is it. Now, to me, if Dustin Johnson goes on and wins this year's Masters and you have 17 other live golfers running down to the 18th green, champagne in hand, Can you imagine? cheering, cartwheels, carrying on like they have won a premiership of some kind, <laughs> I don't think the Riddler is going to like that one little bit. And, and I would not be surprised, I'm not going to say it's the end of it, but I would not be surprised one bit if that changes golf forever and there is a very different Masters next year as far as the mm. live golfers are concerned. Yeah, the criteria may change on the list that they just put out this past day or two for the 2024 Masters. And there's no mention of live, but there is also no mention of any other yeah. tour as well. They don't mention tours. It's just about how you qualify to get in and... If that does happen, that criteria could change That's because gonna change. they will not be happy. Oh, they would be filthy, Furious. particularly after they've gone out of their way to tell everybody that this week is not Live mm. versus PGA Tour. And the thing about the Green Jackets, as we call them, or the, the yeah. men at the Masters, they operate unto a, a different rule set. And let me tell you this story. I was playing, I think it was 2007 maybe, when yeah. they had some weather delays. Yeah. And play got forced into the Saturday, I believe. Is it the Zach Johnson year? It could have been. Yeah. It could have been that year. I was whenever there. It was the, freezing. Whenever the weather was horrific and we had to keep going. It might have been the DeMarco year, actually. It might have been yeah, okay. when uh, Tiger beat him in 2005, my first right. year there. And on the Saturday, we finished our rounds because uh, the weather pushed us back, obviously, into the Saturday to, to complete the second round. The third round, we, we were all just warming up on the range. Guys in the green jackets coming along going, are you ready? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, you go to number 10. Are you ready? Oh, no, I'm, I still, I, I, I'm not quite ready yet. Oh, okay, well, you, you can just keep hitting balls. Exactly. That's what I said. I said, what's happening here? It doesn't said, work. Well, what we're doing is we're just getting players out on the course just to get them going, and then the final few groups we're going to do in the correct order. So basically, they had players teeing off in, not in the correct order during this year. It was the most bizarre thing just I've ever seen. Just get out and go. Kind of. It was a bit like the old Saturday comp. Are you ready? Yeah, let's yeah, just I'll get out and have a go. <laughs> you can go now. I don't know how many groups they did it for, but I remember them coming along the range. So that's just the way they operate. It's just they, they do things however they want. So yeah. and I got a bit off tangent there, but... 
if that happens with the Lib Golfers, oh, look out. Hey, while we're talking about your experiences at Augusta, mm. uh, I've just come from my living room and I watched a recording of the Par 3 competition. Now, if you don't know already, <laughs> Seamus Power uh, made back-to-back holy-in-ones. He had a holy-in-one on eight and then went on to have a holy-in-one on nine. And then I see where that's not an unusual thing. It's happened two times before. So I, I, I can't believe re- that. I can't believe it's happened three <laughs> times now in yeah. the Par 3 comp where people have had back-to-back holy-in-ones. You know more about it than anybody else uh, in this room. Tell me what it's like, because I've been and watched the Par 3 competition, I reckon, a dozen times. Mm. And to me, it's it's a celebration of golf. It, What's it like playing in it? It's incredible. And you sort of need to time it, because it can be a very long celebration yeah. of golf if you get out there when Jack and Arnie and Gary and the legends yeah. are out there. Because if you get stuck behind them... They're doing autographs, you know, yeah. talking to fans the whole way. It turns into a three-hour round of golf, which you just don't want on a on the Wednesday before you play. So I used to try and get out there early, uh, play with a couple of mates, some Aussies or whoever. Yeah. But it was just one of those things that you have to do. You've yeah. got to do it. One of the years I, um, I had my brother, Caddy, and I think I had my dad and then some friends and so on. Um, one regret is I didn't get my wife, Alana, to caddy for some reason. She, yeah. she just kept saying, oh, no, have someone else, have someone else. And then, obviously, when I didn't get back, well, <laughs> we didn't. But uh, just on that par three competition in the ninth hole, Jack Nicholas, do you know what his greatest memory of the Masters is? This is what he said his greatest memory oh, is. I know, but I yeah. won't spoil it. You go. His grandson yep. making a hole-in-one on that ninth hole. Because yep. you get the caddies to tee off on nine if they can reach the green. And he made a hole-in-one. He said, this is the greatest moment of my Masters career. And you're thinking, hang on, he's won six <laughs> green jackets. <laughs> the putt on 17. Oh. Back in one of them, you know, the big putt on 16. Yeah. Where he had the, oh, that was yeah, 17. the putter in the air. Mm. All that sort of stuff. Um, it's funny, you know, because I saw it this morning. Because they, they replayed it. It is one of the greatest moments of the part yeah. three competition. There's no doubt about that. I've never seen Jack so happy. Yeah, he, you know when there's just pure joy in mm. somebody's face? I mean, he must have been 75 at the time. The joy in his face when he yeah. saw his grandson do this. His grandson had a great swing, too. He did. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, I wonder, I wonder he how he's it. going. Yeah. I wonder how he's going yeah. these days. Now, did Scotty Scheffler slam dunk one? Is that right? Yeah, Scotty Scheffler slam dunked it. And on the ninth? The, yeah. the, there were three of them hitting in unison. Ah, and right. they said, one, two, three, swing. Someone went early, and two others hit at just the right time, and Scheffler's went straight in the hole. Oh. It was funny because there were, there were a couple of balls there from the caddies they must have hit beforehand. Ah, right. And a lot of us thought, that must have been the ball, but then they slow mowed it and Scheffler's hold one out on nine um, as well. Uh, the new 13th tee, now mm. I've heard everybody talking about this. You tell me what it would have been like for you with that tee at, I think it's 560 instead of 510. Ten, yeah, well, it's they've moved it back 35 yards, uh, this tee, but then they've also moved it back over the years as well. When I played there, if I hit my Sunday best, which, and again, I'm one of the shortest hitters on tour, yeah. I could have maybe a five iron, mostly a, I had carried a hybrid or a five wood in yeah. there. Now, as a left-hander, off a downhill, <laughs> ball below the ball feet. Ball below the feet. Yeah, that's and then trying to hit a draw to hold it up into that green, that was a nightmare shot with a long club. So what they're trying to do, and look, back in the day, before I got there, those are the sorts of clubs that players were hitting in there. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing Faldo stripe that uh, two iron or whatever it is yeah. when he was playing with Norman in 96. And if you look over history, they've all hit three irons, four irons, always into those greens. Yeah. Obviously, 
with technology now, the ball going so far, they're hitting driver wedges sometimes yeah. or seven or eight irons. That's just, you know, it's kind of ruined. Well, it Bub- hasn't ruined the golf hole. Bubba, Bubba cut a driver mm. and hit a gap wedge in one there of the years go. that he won. Yeah. And then Bryson was talking wedge. about, I'm going to hit it out onto the 14th fairway type stuff. Yeah. Remember that when he said it was a par 67. <laughs> but... Uh, as far as the ball goes now, I, I don't mind the change. And if you, I saw some footage of it this morning. It looks as though it's been there for 50 years, yeah, this tee. <laughs> and incredible. that's what they do there. They make things just look as though they're completely natural. Now, I think it's going to widen the hole out to the right. You won't see so many balls in the pine straw, so we may not see some people going from, from there. Mm. But everyone's now going to have to make a decision. They're going to have anywhere from five irons through to five woods, three yep. woods going... Do I take this on or do I lay it up? I, we're going to see a lot more three-shot hole now. Yeah, so tell me this. You'd know better than anybody. And and you've, you you mentioned that 12 is a great hole for par for a left-hander. For a lefty, yeah. But 13 is not a great <laughs> hole for lefties. It's, it's like, if you're a long-hitting lefter, yeah. uh, left-hander, yes. So the big cut. The big cut works. But if, you, if you're Nick O'Hearn or Mike Weir. Yeah, we're struggling. Well, Mike Weir, I mean, famously... He, he played well. He laid, laid up every year? Yeah, I think he... Yeah. Or was that Zach Johnson? No, it Zach, might Johnson. Have been Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson laid up. On all the par fives. Every, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you tell me, because you would have played with people who know what they're doing at that joint. Mm. When do you say no to going at it <laughs> on round one, round two, round three? I reckon yeah. round four, there are going to be some situations where you're going to need to catch up. Yeah. You know, you might be three behind. I've got to make an eagle to catch Rory, yeah. whoever it might sure. be, right? Yeah. And, and you're forced. But rounds one, two, and three, when have you got – your hand on the five wood <laughs> and the nine okay. iron, and you don't know which one that, that to use. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a story about this because my first Masters, I'm going to go to the 15th hole, the other par five, yeah. right? And my caddy and I, we said, look, if we don't have five wood or lower, as yeah. in the three iron, four iron, we're not going we're not at this going. green. Three wood, it's just not the play because if you go long, you're dead, short yeah. water, obviously. Yeah. First round, I'm playing there, the sun's setting in the background. Oh. You know, I could sort of... It's a postcard. <laughs> I, could, I could almost hear the ghost talking to me. We get to, we get to my ball. Wilbur gives me the yardage, my caddy. And Was it sitting up? And he's yeah, it's sitting pretty good on the slide up slope. <laughs> yes. And uh, he says, right, well, it's such and such. And it's a three wood, basically. He says, so, okay, we're going to hit eight iron down here. We'll wedge it on from over, you know, because we're working the angles. Tough and third I, and shot, I, by the way. Yeah, it's a tough not, one. Not many people understand how tough a third shot it is, but I won't interrupt your story. Continue. Hardest wedge, hardest wedge shot in the game, by yes, the way. Yeah, Off a downhill low to a green coming at you. Don't TV, want too much spin, all that. TV yeah. does it no justice. No, when no. you're there, you actually see the difficulty yeah. in that third shot no, when you lay Especially out. when the pin's on the left. It yeah. is brutal. Yeah, However, continue. I said to Wilbur, give me the three, but he says, no, 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 Nick, we've, we've spoken about this. We do not go at it. I said, Wilbur, I've been watching this golf tournament for 25 years on the TV. I'm going for I'm it. Going. And he goes, okay, it's your you know, funeral. Yeah, funeral. <laughs> sure enough, straight over the back. Yeah. Ended up getting up and down for par. Did you? Yeah. Was, he, oh, for par. For so par. You, so I didn't get you, it onto the green. Did that, you that try is the to toughest. lay your chip up? Because I've heard players talking about <laughs> yeah. this. When they're down near the pond, mm-hmm. they actually on purpose lay up with, with a chip. You Did tr- you do that? Yeah. Well, I was trying to just dribble it on. And if it doesn't get on, I'm okay with yeah. that. I'm okay. Because then you can putt from there. Because yeah. you can't land it on and spin it. No. If, especially if you're more than 10 metres off. Are you chipping into the grain? At yes. That, back it's there all too? into yeah. the grain. That's the beauty of what they do. They always mow the grain into you wherever you are on the golf course. And it's so it's down grain running to the oh, back yes. pond. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and off the fairway, it's all running into you as yeah. well. So anyway, as we're walking off the green, Wilbur says, never again, right? And I said, no, nah, never again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but so I got fi- it out of my system. 15, 15. <laughs> That's, that, that, that's a good one. But 15 is very different yeah. from 13. And, and right-handers mm. 
you know, with the ball above your feet, what's what's the yardage? Round one, two, and three. And I'll, I'll say, not a conservative it's, player, but someone who's centre. Not a, not a lunatic like Phil and, and not someone <laughs> super conservative. Someone in the centre of yep. golf where fair's fair. Mm. When do they go, give me the five foot? I, or, 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 again, it's situational. I think first two, three days, maybe first two days, probably believe that I won't grab it. Saturday, Sunday, if they think, okay, now's the moment I need to step on something here, then yes. What is the yardage? Uh, it's a tough one. It all also comes down to the person. I mean, I watched uh, Scotty Sheffield in the practice round trying to hit a cut off a ball which is way above your yeah. feet. And people don't realise how steep that slope yeah. is on 13. It looks like it's about a foot above your feet mm. when you've got an iron. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. And it's yeah. about to where he was is about 200 yards. So I think yeah. he was hitting four or five iron trying yeah. to hit a cut. And I think he hit into the bank, into the pond. And if I you're believe. doing it with a wood... It, it oh. looked like it would be more than a yeah. foot. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, because yeah. it's obviously further away yeah. from it. If the further left you can get that tee shot, the flatter it is near the creek. However, you're taken on the risk. It's the perfect hole. Yeah, it is. It's the perfect hole. And then you've also got overhanging limbs along the way, oh, which you've got God. to try and turn it around as well. It's I didn't just, know about the overhanging it's limbs. It's genius. It really is genius. But... The, and the layups are even interesting as well because you can go as far down on the right as some people. Yeah, sometimes you're actually almost trying to hit it into the patrons on the right. Yeah. You don't want to obviously hit it in on the full, but that's a great angle over there for um, for like the back right hand pin and yeah. things like that. So it's it's an, one of the best designed holes in the world and and one of the most beautiful. Mm. It, it, oh. It's got it's it's the best. It, yeah. It's the uh, it's been referred to a few times this week as the most important hole in golf, mm. and I, I I tend to agree with that. Because of what it teaches everybody else about this game, you take a risk and then you take another risk and you're in position to do something special. You take the game on and you fail with shot one or two and it sets you back. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it just teases you in so many ways. And one more story on the 13th yeah, from, on. from one of my memories. I've hit one of those shots where I'm trying to hit a big cut around the corner because I was feeling pretty good. Yeah. And halfway down in my downswing, I've gone... Oh no! Don't hit it right, and I've blocked it way, way left. I mean, way, way left. left. Um, I am, you know, there's the creek. Yeah. I'm about 20, 25 meters left of the creek. Up You're in, in the azaleas. Oh, I'm way up there. <laughs> I was always curious to know what was up there, actually. And what's up there? <laughs> well, there's a couple of security guards, you know, just <laughs> keeping keeping check on things. Find my ball, and it's yeah. like, remember Lincoln Tie? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those. In the uh, what was it? The TPS uh, uh, Hunter Valley. Hunter tournament. Valley. Yeah. That's right. And I've got I've got this one gap, and Wilbur. How big's the gap? Oh, it's about six by six. Six, six feet. Six wide. by six feet. Yeah, but it's at wedge height. Yeah. And it's about fifty meters in front of me. It's and doable. Wilbur calls it one of my greatest shots I've ever hit. <laughs> <laughs> Put it back out in the fairway. And no. did you have a full swing? Or yeah, yeah. I had, a, I, had anyway? a, I had the swing, but I couldn't go sideways. Couldn't go backwards. I didn't want to hit the tee shot again. And I just went, ah, screw it. Let's have a go. If that didn't come out, I would have been in there for days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I, I I told you about the Nick Faldo idea. Yeah. And not only do I love it. Uh, uh, Brandel Chambly loves it. McGinley loved it. Ooh, okay. Everybody loves it. When they agree on something, that's always good. So 13, the reason the 13th tee has gone back is because of distance. One of the things they can't do is they, they, they don't want to change the golf club because of what it does to manufacturers. Now, they're trying, they're begging golf balls to get this done. Nick Faldo came up with this suggestion. Why don't we change the length of the tee? Mm -hmm. Okay. So... It's instead of these superstar players 
with nine degree drivers turned to eight and a quarter degree, and they have the ability to hit up, up on, on the, the ball. ball. And when you hit up on the ball, there is less spin, and the ball just goes further. Now, I know in my own golf, Nick, there's, there's a couple of holes. I play Kingston Heath. If, if I hit off the seventh hole and I want to keep it short of the bunker, to make sure of it, I tee it down because the ball's more likely to come off the bottom of the driver. If you hit off the bottom of the driver, it spins more. I, I've tested this on TrackMan ages ago. It took 12 yards off my carry. My carry! Wow. So that solidified it in, mm. in my head, even the ones that I felt went really well. Um. I've heard similar ideas. I remember I someone like said, what about no tees, things like that. However, what the only thing that there's a danger in that in that case is what people may do is they may get the driver whacking into the ground and build up this nice right. two-inch high little okay, well, you know, turf that, and easy. then put the tee on top of that and now you're swinging up on it again. If, I, if, I'm, the, if I'm doing the rules of golf, <laughs> okay. you can't alter the tee. Sure, yeah. you, can't, you can't alter that line. But how, how tall? So the face is going to be a lot uh, shallower now rather than deep. Yeah, right? and that's okay. Which is good. Because that makes Cause it smaller. More of a three-wood sort of style. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for it. I I always said, look, let's, let's shrink the head of the driver number one. Yep. So that way you won't be able to tee the ball up as high. You can have you can do it if you want. Yeah. In that regard, but tee the ball down low. Remember the old persimmon woods? We used to tee them down low because if you tee those up high, anything could happen. All right. Now this is my next question because I like your analytical mind. Mm. I like it. If you just change the length of the tee, so let's just call it how big is that? Two inches. What's the yeah. tee? I see three and three eighths and all that kind of stuff. Let's say you can only make it two inches. The two tee inches. is two inches, yeah. just just for like this, the old, this sake. Like the old, the, the old tees we used to have before yeah. they started making the long ones. Well, maybe yeah. even four, five centimeters is a lot. Yeah. A four four centimeters. So the tee's only allowed to be four <laughs> centimeters. It's going to be hard and soft. This ground. is a, this is a new <laughs> tee. This is a, this is so tee manufacturers won't care because. It, everyone's going to still use a tee. So there's no argument for them. Yep. In fact, okay. we don't even care about tee manufacturers. You guys are a very small part of the game. Yep. What could the club manufacturers do? The only thing they could possibly... Could they complain? Could they complain and go, yeah, you can't do that. We've been designing these mm. clubs for long tees. Could they do that? Or is that something that the rules of golf have just got... They you, can just do whatever the hell they like and stuff you. Well, right now, is there a limit on tee height? No. There is no limit. There is okay. no limit. Well, that's a simple change. I like that idea. What will probably happen is will golf manufacturers then, to get the ball launched a bit more, would they put more loft on the drivers? Great. Uh, which will then make the ball not go as far. Go spin more. Fantastic. Spin a little more. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm with you. you. I actually are like this. Are you on this. board? Yeah, absolutely. I am on board. I like it. Do you know what will happen, though, to golfers around the world? <laughs> I think they'll start swinging better. I think you're now, bread and butter golfer from. I know, I know, I will start you, swinging the club better. Are we bifurcating? So pros only? Or are we saying this all across the board? I think we go across the board. Ooh, okay. You? Oh, yeah, I know. You, yeah. you haven't had much time to think of this. Most of the amateurs that I see, they don't tee it up high anyway. They're scared when they, when, when, when they, when they, when I go and tee it up, because I always tell people to have half or three quarters of the ball above the top of the driver. That's what I tell them. Mm hmm. When I go and do that for somebody, they go, "Oh God, that high!" That's their initial reaction. I, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll bother them. Mm, I don't okay. think it'll bother your average golfer one little bit. Okay, well, I'm not sure about that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they need to tee it up as high as they possibly can. But this is about the mark. Did, did he, when did he make these comments? 
Was this this week at the Masters? Well, I think recently because okay. because the way Brandel Chambly and McGinley, what's his first name? I should know. Paul this. McGinley. Paul McGinley. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the way they were talking about it, it was news to them. Right. Okay. So mm. it, it was just in the background. Anyway, hey, there's so much more we've got to talk about. We've got to talk about the hopes of our Australian players. Mm. So um, have your Palmetto cheese uh, sandwich. Do you, have you ever had one of those stupid sandwiches at the Masters? Pimento cheese. Pimento cheese. cheese. That's the one. Palmetto. Oh, yeah. oh, you have to. Palmetto's the oh, golf course yeah. that's close by. <laughs> Pimento cheese. Did you like it? And then the peach cobbler. You've got to have one of those too. Oh, mate. I'm just happy with a little packet of M&M's. <laughs> That'll do me. And a okay. beer and one of those horrible hamburgers. So must, uh, get one of those down your throat and I'll see you on the 10th Tina Tick. Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen talk more US Masters right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties mm. as well. And plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new, and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where... You need to improve, and this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world, and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes, not hours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper. But it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well. I like that. Watch my numbers, download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. You're listening to the Talk Birdie Jimmy podcast with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. If you're enjoying the pod, share it with a friend and help spread the word. Okay, uh, let's get moving here. We move over to the 10th. 
fades off the 10th tee at Augusta, do you? Oh, yeah, you have to. It's a sweep. Now, that hole does favour, I think, a right-hander because you can really hit Sling the it. slinging hook. The big slinger. But every now and then, I just hit the neck. The, the, <laughs> oh, no. You know, the necky yeah, fade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're halfway down the hill and you've got, I've got five wood in there and I'm like, off oh, a, my goodness. Off a downslope oh, yeah, in the rough. Absolutely. It's just horrible. Hey, uh, just while anyway. we're talking about the rough, um, not long ago, they made a decision to make the rough a little bit longer. When you played in the mm. noughties, how how long was the rough at that stage? Oh well, yeah, my, I was around. When was I? Two thousand mid two thousand five, eight, six, seven, eight. So I played long four enough, in a row. Long enough to lose control. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But they don't need rough. I mean, I, I'm all for. I wish they'd shave it all down so that way you go into the pine straw. I mean, I, mm. I think that would make for some fascinating yeah. viewing out of a lot of the pine straw, especially on like holes like nine down the hill, because yeah. they're running into the first cut and then it stops them from going in, things like that. So anyway, did you hear Gary Player's comments? At the start of the week? No, uh, look, I, or maybe I, I've weekend, seen bits and actually. pieces, yeah. but um, it's. Yeah, I'm, have, I'm you, actually, have you got I'm, his quotes? I'm actually, I've got a couple. I'm actually surprised he's he's going to do the ceremonial tee shot after after, <laughs> what, he said. after what he said. But uh, anyway, a couple of his quotes were: "If it wasn't for the players, it would just be another course in Georgia." Yeah, that's a bit silly. That's a bit. Oof. That's a bit and he said, "Here's another one." Um, and 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 he he's talking a bit about uh, he has to you know beg to get on to play with his grandkids and all this sort of stuff they he's not very welcome there i haven't got that quote but yeah. one of the things and he's talking about his experiences there and and how basically good he is one thing about uh, how good he is one thing about gary is that he doesn't um, sort of well he must have lost the humility gene somewhere along the line i don't mm. know but his final com- comment was there's no golfer who's ever had a tougher life than i have i've won more tournaments than any man alive mm. i've won more national opens than jack nicholas tiger woods and arnold palmer mm, put together i've done remarkable things yes He's quite the fella. And he was my captain at the President's Cups and things like that. And I've got the utmost respect for him. But when he's saying different things about Augusta and the golf course and the tournament and what his yeah. son did, obviously, a couple yeah. of years ago on that ceremonial opening tee shot, it is amazing that he's even going to be there yes. to hit that opening shot. It's a bizarre thing. Uh, can I tell you one thing about Gary Player that always sticks in my mind? And it not it, it won't be what you think it is because of the left-handed putt that he hit the side of club. Oh, it's that got one. That, okay. I mean, that's for other people. But yep. the one thing that sums Gary Player up to me is that back in the day when you won the British Open, it was up to you to put your name on that trophy. Mm-hmm. Gary Player put his name in twice as big a font I as everybody else. Now, so I was wondering why his name was so big on the open, back, and then back in the day, you got the trophy. Yeah. There wasn't an engraver there, and it was you took the trophy home, and it was up to you to get your name engraved on it. And Gary Player put his name almost in twice <laughs> as big. I saw it again. I saw it today. And did you see the? Uh, I saw it today. I'll get it. I'll get it for you. Did Go you on. Did you see the signed champions dinner menu from Tuesday night? And yes, in the same tweet, and it was twice as bold. It was. He's twi- gone. He's gone for the thick sharpie, right in the middle, right over, right over the Augusta national logo. Everyone else is signed nicely in in pen or biro down the sides in smaller, with a smaller utensil, I guess you could say. And, yeah. Uh, looks very neat and tidy. And there's Gary in the middle in in the, the real thick sharpie. Uh, he's I've, quite the guy. I've got to show it to you. Yeah, there it is. There it oh, is. that's unbelievable. Right before okay. Kel Nagel. So that champions dinner, yes. I mean, menu is just incredible, and everyone obviously gets the invitation. Uh, yes. Every player, and and I've I've got a few at home. I'm, by the way, I'm going to tweet one out of what it 
what yeah. it looks like. Although everyone's sort of seen it anyway. Yeah. It's always Although on social media. Angel Cabrera couldn't make it this uh, yeah. year. <laughs> Maybe the invite didn't reach where he was uh, staying. Reach, uh, the prison that he's uh, in at the moment. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Now, okay, before we go on, Mark, mm. uh, is this rumour true? No. Okay, this I'm talking about you here. When you were over there doing all the media work and everything, did you miss your tea time for Augusta National? No. No? No. You didn't? Okay. But there is a story. I have been told that you went in that, what is it, the lottery that they no. put in? Or, no. So what happened was in 2002, I was doing the coverage for Channel 9. Okay. And about three days in, the boss of Channel 9 Sport, his name was Gary Burns, he came up to me and goes, hey, mate, we love what you're doing. We want you to be our golf guy. He goes, so much so, we actually get a spot on Monday and we want you to play. I'm going, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, we want you to play. And I said, there you go. oh, how good is this? <laughs> right? But it was the wettest year of all time, 2002. It was Adam Scott's first year. He finished in the top 10, by the way. Um, and the place smelt. It was disgusting. But I, I was still really excited. Anyway, I was going to catch up with some of my old college buddies from Texas Tech. Just one buddy. Sure. Kevin Youngblood. So I called Kevin. I go, Kev, sorry, mate. I can't come see you. I'm playing Augusta. <laughs> and he goes, no, you can't. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, mate, we've organised a reunion for you. Oh. He said, All the, everyone's coming to Dallas to see you. You can't. Anyway, so I've gone back to Gary Burns and I no. told him the story. And he goes, mate, not a problem. We'll see you back here next year. Next year, bring your clubs, bring your shoes. It won't be as wet. You're okay. going to love it. And I said, beautiful. So I did the US Open, the PGA, the Open Forum all that year. Yeah. At Christmas, Gary Burns got the sack. Oh, no. The boss of Channel 9 Sport. Oh. The new boss was another guy called Gary, and I called him straight away, and I told him about it. He goes, yeah, yeah no worries, son. No worries, son. So I was still on the plane. Two weeks before the tournament, I swear to God, I'm polishing my shoes. I'm polishing my <laughs> clubs. And I've told everybody I know that I'm playing Augusta on the Monday. And the Iraqi war broke out. Oh. And they called me and said, sorry, mate, we're only sitting a skeleton crew. Oh, no. And I never worked for Channel 9 again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, so the only uh, time I had a chance to play Augusta, I went to a party instead. Wow. What was the reunion worth? Was it good? That was a great reunion. Yeah, yeah okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. Anyway, so, so similar. You're sim sort of right. Someone told me that at uh, a golf day at Kingston Heath the other day. Just ask Marco about missing his tea time. I thought, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. So, no, I went, to a party. I went to a party instead. Very hey, good. I want to get your prediction for who's going to win this mm. thing soon. Uh, but let's talk about our Australians while we can. Mm. Uh, let's start with the number one, Cameron Smith. He's only played three tournaments since fishing and carrying on with family back here in Australia. Three tournaments. They've all been live tournaments. Is that did, a good He did play four. He played one in Saudi Arabia, but he missed the cut. There you go. Yep. His form has been, I'm going to say spasmodic, mm. to poor yep. for Cameron Smith. What are the chances he can just click the fingers? Because he, he does love Augusta National. He's he got. He, I think mm. he's had three top fives here since he's been playing. Yeah, he loves it. He's had that runner-up, obviously, when uh, Dustin Johnson won. But... It's going to be a big ask, um, you know. For I think coming in last year, he said he played basically the same amount of events coming yep. into Augusta, which is not quite true. I think he played eighteen competitive rounds this yep. year. He's only played eleven, yep. uh, nine live, and two when he missed the cut, obviously. Yep. So, and he's had what sixth, I think, twenty sixth yep. and 29th. So the form yep. is not there. Going, Can he switch it on? Going from live crowds to know. Augusta crowds. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah, I, I think if he finishes top 10, that'll be a, a really good result win. for him. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I top 10's a par, is a win. Yeah. I don't see him winning, but never say never. Uh, Adam Scott? 
Yeah, Scotty's, you know, well, 10 years anniversary, right? Maybe yep. that'll tingle something in him. To got Steve Williams back this week? Got Steve, well, he, he, I think he gets him back for the majors every time. And, uh, you know, the way he swings it, how can he ever not hit the ball well? That's so right. So it's really all dependent on the putter for him, I'd say. But how old is he now, Scotty? He's uh, in 41, his 40s. 41, 42, mm. something Which like that. Which is okay because he's still fit and strong and everything. Oh, but yeah. does he have it still to compete against all these young guys coming through? Again, It'd be it'd be a very big ass for him to win. It's got to be an off the charts yeah. hitting show for well, Adam Scott because I don't he hasn't uh, got your short game. Oh, putting for for, for Scotty. If he, if he puts the lights out, yes. But even, even the chipping, I don't think I don't think it's it's not as sharp as Scheffler. It's not as no, sharp as no. as some of the others. So he, no. his hitting has to be one out of the box yeah. for him to to be up there. I think. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, our our biggest hope is Jason Day at the moment. The way he's been playing, coming into this, started outside the top hundred in the world. Now, what thirty five ish? I think in the world, four top tens in a row, followed by a top yeah. twenty, followed by getting to the quarterfinals mm. of the Accenture. Hasn't finished outside the top twenty this year. That is incredible. And he has the game where he's got things under control. Uh, ball striking's good. He's he's lost a bit of distance. He did say that, but that's okay around yeah. here because he's still long enough. Yeah. And changed his driver shape. Not hitting draws. Hitting fades hitting now. Fades good. Yeah. yeah. And that's the that's one of the things people you know talk about with Augusta. You need to shape the ball off the tee. Not so much anymore. Mm. You can just smash it now yeah. because you're just trying to reach the corner half the yeah. time. You might need to hit a fade or a draw here. And yeah. like 14, yes, you need to work yeah. on round 10. You need to hit the big yeah. slinging yeah. one, but. Other than that, a fade works all the way around. It's more a second-shot golf course where then you do need to work the ball and then it's obviously up to the putter. Can he win if he's in position? Definitely. I, I think yes. Yeah, definitely. It's it's amazing, this place, because of all the majors, there's more two-time Masters winners than any of the other majors mm. put together. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, it, it does suit a certain type of player. But two, there's usually only 90 to 95 players uh, in the field of the Masters, and of those 95 players, only 60 can win. Mm. So you've actually got a much smaller I don't group of players many. to play against. So let's mm. say 50 then. Mm. You're, 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 there's only 50 blokes in this tournament that can win. So that's why you know, p- people who play well here and people who win here quite often win twice. Yeah, uh, and to that point, I think come the back nine on Sunday is how they like to say it, how many actually believe they can win. Mm. Scotty Scheffler was number one in the world last year, and going into the final round, he was—he didn't think he could do it. Yeah. And then, obviously, his wife had a conversation with him about because he's a very um, religious guy, and they trusted their faith in the Lord and all that sort of thing, which was fantastic for him, and it got him over the line. But I only think there's probably a dozen players that actually believe they can win. Mm. So we'll, we'll we'll see come back nine Sunday, obviously. I think Jason Day believes he can win. Yes, no, I, I totally agree. Minwoo Lee, what do you think? Well, I, I think the golf course suits his style of play. Um, but I think a top 20 is a win mm. well, he top, for Min Woo Lee. Tied 14th yeah. in his first appearance last year. So yeah. he's, he's got the feel. He's got, And that's yeah. the one thing about Augusta. There's no substitute for experience. The best thing I ever did, first year I went to Augusta, I went straight to the caddy shack before I played, and I said, who's your best green reader amongst your local caddies? And they said, oh, it was, uh, what was his name? I think it was like Jackson or someone like yeah. that. He came out with me and my caddy, and I said, you're going to walk 18 holes with me, and you're going to show me every pin position where they put it. The best money I've ever spent. Wow. I mean, he walked around hang, for hang, three hang, or four how hours. Much, how much did that cost oh, you? I can't remember. 500? Right? Yeah, a few hundred yeah. bucks or something. I don't yeah. know, whatever it was. But um, 
it was the best uh, advice and, and most valuable information I got, Augusta, because I kept everything he told me in the yardage book every year. Now well, they, they have, you, got, the have you still got that yardage book? Oh, I'd yeah, love I've, to see it. I've still got them, yeah, for sure. Maybe I'll tweet that out later Maybe tweet well. a few pictures <laughs> of that out with Jackson's advice. Oh, yeah. What was the one thing that surprised you the most that Jackson, I'm sure, can you remember one, well, one, one tidbit? Well, the one thing he said is every year they relay the greens. They relay them. Well, they you know they they dig them up, they relay them, <laughs> and then what they do is they might flatten an area or just put a subtle slope in an area, which then changes uh, the way a certain putt will read. And he said all the caddies that are local they have to relearn the greens every year because every now and then, and there was a putt on ten this particular year in the front left hand pin position. He yeah. says, look, it looks as though it wants to go right, but they flatten this area now it goes straight, and I've hit this putt and I'm looking at it going, no, this is a cup left. It's got to go left to right. Went dead Went straight, dead and he straight. says, "Yeah, they're sneaky. They do that to us every <laughs> year." So we actually think it should turn, but then hang on, no. But then we have to relearn the green. Yeah. So it was brilliant stuff. I reckon Minwoo Lee would have got a lot of finishing uh, playing in the last group of the Players Championship. So I, mm. I think that was big, but I still think you just keep on finishing in the top twenty, and you'll get your chance eventually. Yeah, for sure. So look, I'd well, love to see him in that top twenty again, and, and at least get his ticket back next year. What is it, top twelve or top uh, eight? Top, top twelve now. Get yeah. you, used get to be top back. sixteen, and then we've got the amateur Harrison Crow. Yeah, hasn't been playing well ever uh, since he. He hasn't been. He hasn't been. You know, he hasn't been like in our tournaments. Okay, we haven't seen him. No, we haven't, have we? No. I haven't kept up to date with how he's been playing. He hasn't played in them all, but yeah, you know, you'd look for someone who's won the Asian Pacific Amateur Championship to. Feature mm. well, in, he, in some of our events. He hit it to a foot on the 12th in the practice yeah. round I saw. That was a great shot we saw on the news coverage. But he did stay in the crow's nest, I believe, yeah. on Monday night after the amateur dinner as well. So. Now, I've got one thing to say about the draws that our Australian players have got. Mm-hmm. I reckon Billy, uh, uh, what's his name? Fred Ridley. The Riddler. The Riddler's taken the P1SS. <laughs> there is no doubt about it. Because okay. it is Larry Miser's last ever Masters, yeah. and he's paired them with two Australians. Not one, two. So <laughs> the nightmare that was Larry, Larry Miser chipping in on, on Greg Norman, they've had a look at that. They said, Larry, it's your last ever Masters, and to really stick the knife into all Australians, we're going to put you with two of them. So he's playing with Minwoo Lee and Harrison Crone. It happens that way. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they just do. I've played with Ben Crenshaw when he was way, way past you know the end of yeah. his career. But I thoroughly, he couldn't oh, hit it awesome. out of his shadow, but the putting display was just unbelievable. You were out driving him? Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how short he was. <laughs> how far past uh, oh, gentle Ben we? I was 20 or 30. So. Oh, he was very gentle. He was, he was very gentle at that stage. <laughs> However, he never missed a putt outside 10 feet. It was ridiculous. All right, so. we're going to give our predictions. Uh, let, let's go for, for uh, top Australian first. Top Australian, well, it's hard to go past Jason Day for me. Yep. yep. I mean, the same. I think same Jason, boat. I think Jason Day is going to feature. Okay. And listening to him talk about, you know, back in the old day, he had this belief that under pressure, the harder you swung at it, the better he played. Mm-hmm. No one has ever said that before in the history of golf, I don't think, by the way. I don't think it's possible for that to happen. He uh, has changed his mind. And he won't be going at it as hard and pressure situations. And he credits hitting the fade uh, a big part of that. So mm. I love where he's mind is at and I think you're right I think uh, Jason Day is going to be our leading Australian who's going to win this thing well yeah my heart is saying Rory I'd love to see him complete the Grand Slam but it's so hard to go past Scheffler at Mm. the moment he's just playing some phenomenal golf I've got a bit of a couple of dark horses though in Max Homer I think uh, you know he's long enough obviously even with the wet conditions coming playing amazing golf he hasn't played well in majors though that's the only concern Mm. The guy who hasn't really had much form coming in but always plays well in majors and his one concern is his putting. 
is Will Zalatoris. So look out for him as well. You reckon Will? Okay. Mm. I know he's having some putting issues, <laughs> Will yeah. Zalatoris. But in the you majors, know, he shows yeah. up. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he lives for these, and that's what it's all about. That is true. Um, I've got a little bit of intel about Jordan Spieth. Ooh. So I still have friends in Dallas, and I still have friends in Dallas where Jordan Spieth's coach is working. Jordan Spieth's put on five miles per hour club head speed. He's now up to 117 miles per hour, which is really, That's really impressive, good. Yeah. Okay, for someone. But is he hitting it straighter? And the most important thing is the swing changes have slotted in, and he's not even close to working as hard on them. In fact, the swing changes are at a point now where it's just down to he's thinking about one or two things, <laughs> and not about six like he has which, been. Yeah. Which, which you end up you can do yeah. in professional. I mean, believe it or not, you get good at thinking about three things while you swing <coughs> but they've slotted in and for the last two weeks this is the most important bit he was already number 16 in strokes gained um getting up and down whatever it is he's been working hard for two weeks to sharpen up his short game so mm. to me jordan spieth is the best value if you're just looking at value i think you can find him at 18 dollars. i think he should be he really 10 or 11 okay. or 12 dollars yeah. he, he loves his place he yeah. plays well here um, and he's sharpened himself up to a point where he's irresistible to me. And one final prediction. Yes. The cat. What do you think about Tiger? I think the ti- I think Tiger, I think he's going to miss the cut. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I think... The weather's not in his favour. The weather... Well, this... Uh, well, the first day, track. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it'll it, be warmer. But yeah. I think fr- uh, Friday over there is meant to be cold. Yeah, they, they've changed the forecast for Thursday. So for round one, it's going to be half decent Pretty conditions. Good. Mm. Yeah, and then after that, they're thinking thunderstorms, so there might be some delays. Mm. Um, I, I reckon he's done. I reckon he's done well to make the cut. That's just my personal yeah, view. Yeah. yeah. Anytime, I think he finished forty seventh last year. It's his worst ever finish. Yeah. Uh, but I do think he has to make the cut to tie twenty three cuts made in a row, and that record is held by. Gary Player and his mate Fred Couples. So okay, he, he's definitely making he, the cut. He, then. he, he, he <laughs> might want to. He yeah. might want to be. Uh, yeah, a little probably bit a special. Top, I mean, yeah. if he, for me, if he has a top twenty-five finish, it'll be it'll be unbelievable golf by him. Just because his body is going to struggle to hold yeah. up over the four days. I hey, yeah. love talking golf with you, and I especially love talking about the Masters with you. And I can't wait to see what happens over the next four days. Yeah, I'm going to go out and buy a green jacket. I think just to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I never won one. <laughs> Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me, live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia. Follow us on all the socials. And if you like the podcast, share it with a friend and let them know about Nick and Mark. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design by Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Oh, this is so exciting right now, isn't it? Hello, friends. Uh, Jim Nance and welcome to CBS's coverage again of the Masters for this tradition unlike any other.